whatsoever you do to the least of my people that you do unto me. When I was hungry, you gave me to eat. When I was thirsty, you gave me to drink. Now enter into the Hello everybody and welcome back to Christians United Ministry. My name is Travis and today we are continuing our Matthew series. I had some personal things going on the last few days. Um, I really um, just really couldn't do anything. Um, so I know I promised you guys. So here I'm making the same. I'm not no more making promises. As the Lord does tell us not to make promises. But I am going to be more consistent. I just had a lot of things going on the last few days. Um... It's very personal stuff going on. So, again, if there's any reason why I can't do a podcast on any day, always open up your Bible and just start reading. You know, we you know we're doing Matthew now, so go ahead and read these other chapters and then wait for me to come back to the podcast and get a better understanding if you're having any confusion. So, again, without further ado, let's get right into it. We're starting at, resuming at Matthew 25. Verse 1. Alright, here we go. Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins, which took their lamps, and went forth to meet the bridegroom. And five of them were wise, and five were foolish. That they were foolish took they that were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them, but the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh go yea out to meet him. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said unto the wise, Give us give us of your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But the wise answered, saying, Not so, lest there not be enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell, and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came, unto, came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Verily I say unto you, I know you not. Watch therefore, for ye know neither the day nor the hour, wherein the Son of Man cometh. For the kingdom of heaven is as a man traveling into a far country, who called his own servants and delivered them unto them his gods. And unto one he gave five talents, to another two, and to another one, and to every man according to his journal ability, his several ability, and straight, straightway took his journey. Then he that had received the five talents went and traded the same and made them five other talents and likewise he that received two he also gained another two but he that just received one went and digged in the earth and hid his lord's money after a long time the lord of those servants cometh and reckoned with them 
And so he that had received five talents came and brought the other five talents, saying, Lord, thou deliverest unto me five talents. Behold, and I have gained besides them five talents more. His Lord said unto him, Well done, thou good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler of many things. Enter thou into the joy of the Lord. He also that had received two talents came and said, Lord, thou deliverest unto me two talents. Behold, I have gained two other talents beside them. His Lord said unto him, Well done, good and faithful servant. Thou hast been faithful over a few things. I will make thee ruler over many things. Enter thou into the joy of the world. Joy of the Lord, sorry. Then he which had received the one talent came and said, Lord, I knew thee that thou art an hard man, reaping where thou hast not sown, and gathering where thou hast not struck. And I was afraid, and went and hid thy talent in the earth. Lo, there thou hast that is thine. His Lord answered and said unto him, Thou is wicked and slothful servant. Who knowest that I reap where I sowed not, and gathered not where I have strawed? Thou oughtst therefore to have put my money to the exchangers, and then at my coming I should have received mine own with usury. Take therefore the talent from him, and give it unto him which hath ten talents. For unto every one that hath shall be given, and he shall have abundance. But from him that hath not shall be taken away, even that which he has. And cast a, the unprofitable servant into the outer darkness, there shall be weeping and gnashing of teeth. When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory, and before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divideth his sheep from the goats. And he shall set the goat sheep on his right hand, but the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, ye be blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for, for you from the foundation of the world. For I was and hungered, and you gave me meat. And I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was stranger, and you took me in. I was naked, and you clothed me. I was sick, and you visited me. I was in prison, and he came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, saying, Lord, when shall we thee, and hungered, and feed thee, feed thee, or thirsty, and give thee drink? And when saw we thee a stranger, and took thee in, or naked, and clothed thee? Or when saw we thee sick, or in prison, and shall come unto thee? And the king shall answer, and say unto them, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye have done it unto the one of the least of my brethren, ye have done it unto me. That There's actually a song with all that in there. It's actually a pretty nice song. I'll play at the end. Then shall he say also unto them on the left hand, Depart from me, ye cursed, into everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. For I was an hungered, and ye gave me no meat. I was thirsty, and ye gave me no drink. 
I was a stranger, and ye took me in not in. Naked, and ye clothed me not. Sick and in prison, and ye ate not visited me not. Then shall we also answer him, saying, Lord, when saw we thee hungered, or a thirst, or a stranger, or naked, or sick, or in prison, and not minister unto thee? And then shall answer, shall he answer, saying, Verily I say unto you, Inasmuch as ye did not to one of the least of these, ye did it not to me. And ye shall go away in everlasting punishment, but the righteous into eternal life. This was a very, very good chapter. I love this chapter, honestly. I really do love it. So let's get right into, um, go over the, the explanation of the chapter. And um, there's a lot to be taken in there. So let's just, you know, whatever we're doing, if we're working, if we can, just take a minute and just like, think about what did we just listen to? Because there's so much in here. And it may sound confusing, but it's really not. Let's go right into it. In the response to the request, Jesus has been describing future events to his disciples. Some of it must have been difficult to understand as they sat together on the Mount of Olives. The temple stood before them in sound, and Jesus was alive and well and still there to teach and direct them. None of these terrible things he described had happened yet, um, because it's on the future, it's coming up. But one thing I want to add to this is, remember, this is not my actual explanation. Um, when I'm reading, um, I go, I read um, from Bible Ref. I see that they give me a lot of good um, explanations, but I do add on to it. So when you see me break off, that's, I'm adding my own spin. Sometimes I disagree with some things, so I don't include it. Um, and uh, so, yeah, but remember, he's teaching to just his disciples. He's not doing the multitude anymore. He's not teaching the multitude anymore. And so, j still, Jesus has emphasized one point above all others. When, he is give away from them. When he is away from them, they must live in a state of readiness for his return. And that basically means, like they, well, first off, like they must prepare for him to come back by making right choices while he's gone. And we're acting as if he's here. That's extremely important. we got to act as if he's still here, you know, because he is watching. You know, we tell our kids that, no matter, like, you know, even when we're not there, we don't think we don't know what you're done. You know what I'm saying? We, we always find out. But here, he's, but God is physically watching us. And in this chapter, Jesus shares more parables to emphasize that point. The passage is one of the few chapters in the Bible composed entirely of Jesus' own spoken words. And Christ describes the kingdom of heaven using the example of ten virgins who took lambs to meet a bridegroom. The word virgin was used at this time to describe an unmarried young woman. Obviously, she's uh, living a celibate life until she's married, obviously. She's not you know, having um, any sexual uh, activities. And it's possible for Jesus meant for these young women to be understood as bridal attendants. They all have gone together to wait, perhaps, at the bride's house for the groom to come. Then they would all go together to the wedding feast and likely at the groom's house. But what I take from this, actually, is that they're waiting. They're waiting for the man. Like, you know, a lot of us go out and try to seek somebody going dating apps or whatever, but no, God will bring who he intends for us to marry to us. We will find our person if we wait. Stop trying to get, a lot of people realize that when you do these dating apps or you're trying to go out 
sophisticatedly seek this person, it never really works out. Nine times out of ten, when 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 you're when the ones that work out, because God has brought them together Himself, and those people waited. And some, most of the time, it's somebody you already know, or somebody you know that you're already comfortable with and close with. You just don't even realize. So that's what I'm taking from it. I mean, there might be disagreement there, but I think they're just they're bridal they're, they're bridal attendants, but they're waiting for God to introduce them to the groom. Uh, the ten young women all have pressure, have all brought lamps, since the procession through the streets will take place long after dark. The Greek word used for lamp here more generally refers to a light, so these women might have been what modern people think of as torches. Regardless of their shape, these lights need oil to operate. Half of young women, however, either brought no oil or only enough to last a very short time, and the groom, the groom is delayed, and they all sleep until hearing the announcement that the groom is approaching. Without oil, the five foolish young women are in trouble. They ask to use some of the oil brought by the wise woman, but there will not be enough for all of them. They are forced to run into the night into an attempt to buy oil, causing them to miss the procession. When they arrive late to the wedding's feast, they are not welcomed in, and those who are, those who are supposed to have been there have entered, and no one who is left to vouch for these foolish ones. And but if we're um, excuse me I, I, the way the what is what what's the lesson you're taking from this? What is the ultimate? Who do you think the bridegroom is? It's Jesus, right? I think I think that um, obviously you know. That's what he means, but I, I also believe that um, people who will wait for like um, people who wait for like, you know for marriage, I think he's using that analogy specifically uh, because when you wait for your groom to come in, right? You're waiting for your person that lasts forever, right? When we're trying to do things our own way, when we try to do things our own way, like here, when we're, those people they. they just brought enough oil for a little bit of time. Their, their groom was delayed, so they weren't expecting it. So they went their own way, and, and, and they missed out. And that's what's happening. He's comparing that to his arrival. Is that we need to be ready. You see how those people weren't ready? They weren't prepared. They weren't wise enough to be prepared for it. No. So they missed. And that's what he's talking about here. We need to be ready for Jesus' return. Um, no, we're not going to know exactly the day. We're not going to know the time. We're not going to know when. We're just going to know to be ready. And that's what he's emphasizing here. He wants us to know that the um, Bible, the way Bible ref says is also great. He says that Jesus emphasizes again that nobody knows the day or hour when he returns. The bridegroom, his disciples must be prepared. And, you know, we being the disciples of uh, we need to be prepared for his arrival because we don't know. And you see how the wise room, they were prepared. They didn't just bring the lights, okay? Well, he says he's going to be here at 6 p.m., you know. We think he's going to be here by 6 p.m. Well, he came at 8. They were prepared for him to come late. They were prepared to wait because they were, they, 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 that, that's where they're storing the treasures. That's, remember, and the way, one thing that's important to note is that Gee, all these parables, Jesus has already equipped us with 
knowledge from Matthew 5, 6, and 7, and so on and so forth, the Sermon on the Mount. Then you got the parables, then you got um, all of Matthew. You know, it's leading up to. So we should really have an understanding. There's a lot of reference to what Jesus has said. Remember, Jesus said in Matthew 7 that we need to not have, um, we need not store our treasures here on earth. We need to store it for heaven. And that's what these, that's what he's saying. That we need to store our treasures. We need to put all of our treasures or savings or of any spiritual or physical into waiting for Jesus to come back to go to heaven. That's what we need to do. That's what we need to wait for. Next, Jesus uses a parable which explains on the word talent. So, I think, uh, let me, uh, let, let's make sure, let's see what, they, that's what this Bible ref says. So, um, I didn't really read this part. So the word talent, I have my own explanation. But let's see what they said. Maybe they cover what they wanted to say. Uh, because people don't understand what talent is, you know. Uh, talent is like money. But don't think of it as money. Um, but think of it as like money, but it's really for those, um, it's really the word of God. That's a better way to put it. So let's see what this says. So it's a parable, which explains part of the word talent is used in modern English. In this story, a wealthy man is going on a journey, leaves three servants staggering sums of money. Each is intended to store these funds. Now, ideally, returning a profit for the master, kind of like a bank. In Jesus' era, a talent was a weight, a weight measure of precious metals. Scholars estimate that a single talent could have been the equivalent of nearly 20 years common labor. The trust invested in all these men, the value of their assets is enormous. The, two, the first two servants do exactly as expected, using all that they were given and returning as much as they were able. The third servant buries what he is given and doesn't touch it until the master returns. The first two servants are praised by the master, given even greater responsibility and opportunity, and invited to share with him in his joy. The third servant, however, is condemned for his feeble excuse that he was afraid to lose his master's money. In fact, his excuse is dishonest. Had he really feared the master so much, he would have tried to generate profit. Instead, the third man proves he's not a true servant at all, just a pretender. Whether out of spite, laziness, or bitterness, he chooses to ignore the enormous blessing. Having proven himself disloyal and obedient, the man is thrown out of the dark. The point of the parable is how we, as God's creations, use the assets, resources, abilities, skills, and materials he has given us. Not all people are given the same share of talents, but God's assessment is based on whether we faithfully use what we are given or to waste or, or ignore and disrespect what God has provided for us is sinful. That's a good way of putting it. I would put it more as uh, the, way, the way I receive it from God is it's when God gives us a life, right? He gives us life. He gives us the word of God, the Bible. And we can either take the Bible for ourselves and walk into heaven by ourselves, or we can share the Bible with others, improve others' lives, or those who are definitely in need of it, people who are not fortunate enough to learn the Bible, or who are closed off, and finally you've got them to open their hearts, and you walk into heaven with other people following Jesus Christ. 
So yeah, you can you can also translate that into given skills and resources and abilities. But the ultimate meaning of the talents is we need to share the word of God and we need to spread it. We can't just walk up on ourselves and save it all for ourselves. We can't be selfish with it. We have to do what we can to return a profit of people, that is, to God. You know, bringing more souls. We're saving more souls. This is not what we he means by this parable. Finally, Jesus describes the moment when we, when the waiting will be over. He returns to earth with, with his angels as the king and the judge. This depicts some point during the end times. What follows is a passage notoriously difficult to interpret. Scholars debate whether this is an explicit moment in time, perhaps the beginning of the millennial kingdom, or a general explanation of each person's external fate. Other disputes arise over whether those being judged are only Gentiles, only non-Christians who survived the tribulation, or all people living on earth at that time. In any case, Jesus sits on his throne and separates these people into two groups. Using use, the use of shepherding terminology is why this passage is referred to as a parable of the sheep and goats. What it depicts, however, seems very real. The first group is praised and rewarded since their faithful love for others has proven their faithful obedience to Christ. The description echoes other biblical passages about salvation and election. Such persons are not saved by their good deeds, but their good deeds prove that they do indeed have a saving faith in Christ. Loving other people and meeting their needs is treated by Christ as if those deeds have been done for him personally. In contrast, the other group exhibit deeds that didn't, that which prove that they did not have the saving faith, the saving faith in Christ. Jesus will condemn them to the eternal fire originally intended for Satan and demons. That group of unbelievers did not serve others during their times of greatest needs. Jesus took that personally, and that makes sense. So you know, this is absolutely um, is a good repetition. Is like you know of love. If you have a true love for others, you will have no problem helping people when they're sick or they're hungry. And a lot of the time when we don't share, it's because we're either selfish or we have hatred, right? If someone we don't like comes up to us asking for food, some people are not going to be inclined because, you know, I don't like you. You know, I, I, I don't want anything to do with you. Wrong. You got to treat them the same way Jesus treated us and treats you. But you got to treat that person like you're treating Jesus. Would you, if Jesus came to your door, would you feed him? Would you send him away? And I, and I believe it all stems from love. If you have love, that is the answer. It'll make everything much. It'll be everything would be so much because you can't have love and not help help others, or you can't have love and cannot um, multiply your talents. You can't have love and not. You can't have love and hurt some other people or uh, not be prepared. You gotta have love. Love is extremely important because remember, God does not know those who don't know love. And we need to remember that we ourselves are in time of need at times. 
And we, at one point in time, no matter how big or small the help was, someone helped us in our life, right? Jesus Christ himself helped us. Greatly. So we need to return that favor. With love, by the way. So, so does anybody recognize the beginning song? Do we all recognize? <laughs> when I open up the song, I played that song for a reason. If you listen to the lyrics, actually, I'm going to play a little bit more, actually, right now, as we close off the uh, podcast episode. But uh, there's actually a song with all these verses. Whatsoever you do, the least of my people, that you do unto me. That's what he's saying right there. That's exactly what he's saying. But again, guys, I'm going to be working extremely hard to make sure I get a podcast out every single day. Um, I just found a feature where I can actually pre-record, so in, in days I have extra time, and I know I may not have time to um, record the next day, I can always schedule ahead. So that's actually a feature I'm going to consider using very much. Um, with uh, anybody who needs a Bible, always just, again, just email me. Uh, ChristiansUnitedMinistry at gmail.com and I will be shipping out Bibles first month of first week of August um, coming up in July I'll probably know the exact amount I'm going to be able to supply but again it's going to come on first come first serve so get yourself on that list just put your name and contact information for now you know just just like a either your, your responding email or a phone number you like me to text or reach out on just so I can get you on that list um, and if there is a preference in Bible versions, I will be open to ESV, K, um, KJV, and maybe even like, uh, um, nah, it's probably going to be it. NSV, uh, ESV, and KJV. Those will be two Bibles I'll be open to uh, sending out. So again, if anybody has any questions, comments, or concerns, always email me at ChristiansUnitedMinistry at gmail.com. Well, my name is Travis, and this has been Christians United Ministry. God be with you. I also say just turn on your volume just a little bit. Um, I, I'm still learning how to control the volume of the music. Just, just saying. But again, God be with you. Whatsoever you do to the least of my people that you do unto me. When I was homeless, you opened your door. When I was naked, you gave me your coat. Now enter into the home of my Father.